The reading this morning is taken from Hebrews, chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Jesus greater than Moses. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house. And we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. This is the word of the Lord. Of the, um, the description of the Holy Spirit as a mighty rushing wind. Um, as, as, I was reminded of that when the wind was blowing and nearly carried Jan. So I've decided to use the iPad and I've left my notes just in case they go flying away as well. Um, it's good to see you all. Again, welcome to those who are here for the first time or welcome to those who haven't been here for a while. It's good to see you all. I'm still in that window having been in 10 to 11 months here where I'm still a newbie in a sense. So there are many of you who have been part of St. John's for a long time. And as you come back, I watch the faces of people light up. Welcome back home. And it's great to see that. And I think, what's your name? And then you say, but I told you my name last week. I think, sorry, I'll start again. So welcome everybody and good to see you. We are in Hebrews chapter three. We're doing a mini um, series, Journeys of Faith, so two weeks um, today, and it's seeking to answer the question, who is Jesus and what does he do? I keep saying to you that if there's one thing that I am aiming to try and do is to just help us see that it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Church is about Jesus. This place is about Jesus. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is seeking to say, that Jesus is supreme. Jesus is at the center. Whatever we do, whatever wonderful tasks and events and activities and the quality of worship, all of that must point to Jesus because it's all about him. So Lord, we ask that this morning as we share your word, as we look at your word, you will open our hearts to receive what you have for us to your glory. Amen. So if I say to you, Jesus is the goat. What would you say? You'd probably say, no, he is the lamb. And I would say, yes, he is the lamb, but he is the goat too. And then you look at me and think, have you had greatest of all time? Goat, greatest of all time. So that's a thing. So he is the goat. He is the greatest of all time. Can you say with me, Jesus is the greatest of all time? Jesus is the greatest 
of all time. He is the, the writer of Hebrews didn't quite have the phrase God, so he didn't put it here, but um, he says Jesus is greater than, greater than Moses. And so uh, I would love us to take this away, hold on to Jesus. Why? Because he is the greatest of all time. That's my message this morning. In case you drift off or miss anything else I say, take that away. Hold on to Jesus because he is the greatest of all time. Jesus is the greatest. He is above all and in him all things hold together. He is faithful to us and we are then challenged to be faithful to him. Because he is faithful and his faithfulness is consistent, it is continuous, it doesn't change. When we are faithless, he remains faithful. But then, in turn, we are challenged to be faithful to him. So talking of goats, who is, who is your greatest of all time? So in football, in football, Maradona or Pele used to be. These days, Messi or Ronaldo. How about in, in golf? Tiger Woods over Jack Nicholas? How about in Formula One? You think Hamilton is, has he, has he hit Schumacher's records? How about in tennis? Is she better than Martina Hingis? Where else do we go? Henman Hill, Tim Henman. Well, he, he did his best, bless him. Um, but in such, what do you think the, in Hebrews, those groups in the olden day would sit around and talk? Perhaps, you know, down in the power boy in a social group and a social club, you might sit down and have those conversations. Some of the things that drew them together may have been, who is greater? Paul, Apollos, or Barnabas discuss. Who, who is? Um, which of the emperors? Nero or Caesar? Which one was? And so over and over and over and over, they would have these conversations and discussions. Abraham, Elijah, or Moses? Deep theological debate. And so the writer of Hebrews is finding them in that place of conversation and seeking to make an argument and a case that actually Jesus is greater than all those. He's greater than all those prophets. And so he, he tells us, consider Jesus what he has done for us. In verse 1, you can see that's how he introduces this here. Consider what he has done for us. Jesus has called us into a new family. How timely on a day of baptism. At the start of the service, as we were praying, there was a word that came through, new life, new life, that that will be true for somebody today. Maybe you're here and you are not a Christian yet. You haven't said yes to Jesus to receive the new life. We've got a tug line, St. John's experience life, and that life is in Jesus. So if you haven't said yes to Jesus and you'd love to do that, I would love to pray for you. And it might be that that's your word this morning, new life. That's what he says in verse 1, that Jesus has brought us into a new family. If God is our heavenly father, then we must be brothers and sisters of Jesus, and he calls us that. If you read through from chapter 1 and 2, you'll see 
that there. But Jesus is also the best mediator. He says he's the greatest because he is the best, if not the only, mediator between God and people. It also says that he is the apostle. He is the, the apostle, the foundation, um, the one sent by God to speak his word and bring us back home. So there is no way to the Father except through Jesus. There is one way. One way. If we're doing another action song, uh, it would say something like, One way, Jesus, you're the only one. And that's scripture. He's the only mediator. Tiger Woods can't do it. Martina Hingis can't do it. Apollos can't do it. Moses couldn't do it. Elijah cannot. But Jesus can. He's the only mediator. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to bring through here. He also says he is our high priest. He's our high priest. He's the one who represents us to God. The high priest he goes between. He takes our place when we struggle and we can't pray and we can't do it on our own. He does that for us. Hold on to Jesus. He is the... He is the... He is the... He is the... He is the greatest of all time. Hold on to Jesus. He is the greatest of all time. And the writer says... Consider how he is better than Moses. It's how it starts here. He is better than Moses. He is greater than Moses. Yes, both Moses and Jesus were faithful in their way. But actually, there is much more there. Jesus deserves greater honor. And we can see that in verses 2 to 3. He says that Jesus was a component. He was, he was a component. Moses, Moses, sorry. Moses was a component of the house of God. But Jesus himself is the builder of that house. Moses, like you and me, are part of the house. But Jesus himself is the builder of that house. He's building his church. We see that in scripture. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. He himself is building it. Jesus is also closer to God. In verses 4 to 6, you find that there. Jesus is closer to God than Moses or Elijah or any of those prophets ever was. Jesus was faithful as God's son, whilst Moses was faithful as God's servant. Jesus is greater. Jesus carries more authority Moses was a tenant in God's house, but Jesus was the owner of God's house. Jesus is greater. Can you imagine this debate in the common room, maybe if you're at uni or down the pub or wherever it is that you have these arguments? Can you imagine them going back and forth? No, but Moses was. Yeah, but Jesus was. And that's what, if you hear it like that, that's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to do here. I wonder whether you've ever 
met some of your superheroes, maybe some of those goats that we've listed? Have you ever sought out to go and meet one of them? Any of them, a celebrity that you've been longing to meet for a long time. Well, I remember one time, because I'm a Man United fan, to which you all go, yeah. <laughs> Just you wait till the 3rd of September. I haven't watched United much, because, of course, they're not local. So my local soft spot is for Fulham, but Fulham don't really get titles, operate high there. So they're nice to watch, which is all right. But Man United, I don't go up to see them many times. So this time, it was a Paul Scholes testimonial, and I thought, I've got to see that. It's my 30th birthday. I've got to go up and watch this game. So I did. Cost quite a lot to go up. What was interesting is then getting there and then watching it all play out. It's wonderful. You see them arrive, all these players, and you've been longing to see them, the best midfielders for a long time. And then I have my autograph signed, which is wonderful. But guess what happens after all that? I then have to make my way back. So we're living in Dagenham at the time. I have to make my way all back from Manchester through... This is what, you know, season ticket holders do this every weekend. You know, they do it all the time. Here I am going up to cheer my team. I come back and I think, what has just happened? I had every intention to go and watch and see this greatest of all time midfielder that I love and then made my way back. To me, they're great. To them, did they remember my my name? Do they even know that autograph that I just signed? Do they even count for my expenses that I've just done that trip? No chance. I'm just another fan. I'm just another one in the crowd. And that's the difference between Jesus and us. He is the greatest of all time. But to him, he looks around and you are. And you are. And you are. Unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully named made. He knows your name. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knows what tomorrow holds for you with your latest grandchild arriving. He knows all the details of your stories, each one of you, each one of us. And that's the difference between this God. Well, Moses maybe could have remembered them, but he could only try. All the leaders here, Alan, in all his goodness and ability can do his best to remember Alan and Paul. I mean, our church wardens, they work really hard, and I'm sure they know everybody in this room. But even they will miss one or two or three. Has your parent ever called you by your sibling's name? You do that. You do that sometimes, don't you? And then you remind them, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Jonathan, I'm, 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 Jesus never does that for us. He knows us and remembers us every time. He is the greatest of all time. (laughs) Was just putting Ade to work. Give it up for Ade. Ade is... (laughs) So Ade has recently joined us, which is wonderful. I didn't think he was expecting to be in the spotlight much like this, but... um, He's doing a great job on the drums. Thank you, Ade, as well as 
looking after those flying papers. Hold on to Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up. And this is a message I want to bring to us this morning. Don't give up. This greatest of all time is a wounded healer. He's not perfect. He's got scars and bruises. When he came and appeared to his disciples, he says, can you see? Can you touch? He was bruised for our iniquities. Our guilt was upon him. He shouldered our blame. He took it all so that you and I can be free. It's that message of the cross. See, do you remember that story of Exodus? In Exodus, we find it in Exodus 16 where God's people, they've journeyed with him. Great times, thank you, Lord. After that, grumble, 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 grumble. Start again tomorrow. Great times, thank you, Lord. Next day, you're the worst, you're the worst, you're the worst. Great times. So you find this scene here. There's the promise, of the promised land that's coming. They've been delivered from Egypt and all that's gone on there. But they're in this place, once again, quarreling and murmuring before God. They're waiting, thirsty for water, as though asking God, you performed miracles, you performed countless ones, but I want another one. Have you gone with your child to buy toys when they're a certain age? And you're thinking, we just got a stack of those. We've done, we bought something for a birthday there, for another thing there. I want more. I want more. I want another. I want another. And it's almost like that's what you find here with those children that, um, yes, you've done stuff in the past, but we want more. So they grumbled and they forgot all that God had done and they, had, they started to doubt him. They start doubting God. They start doubting Moses, who is their leader at this time and losing faith in him. And guess what happens to them? In the end, they missed out on the promised land. And that was the judgment for them. Now, thank God for the cross that there is always a second chance, a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a fifth, and a 20th one. Because as soon as we say it now, we'll probably get it wrong again. But in him, by the power of the cross, we can start again. I want to bring this to a close. But I want to hone in on something. I've just said that this greatest of all time isn't the most polished figure and he doesn't arrive like Emperor Nero or Caesar with the chariots and armor like that. No, he came very simply. He came very simply so that he could relate to us. Maybe somebody is listening online today or you're here. And this year or today, or this week, or the years that have gone past have been difficult for you. Hold on to Jesus. He is the greatest of all time. Statistics were put together during lockdown and said a lot of people 
we're watching services online. But actually, watching, as I would hop from one thing to the next. Video clip there for 30 seconds, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. They didn't necessarily make it to become members of all those churches that they were watching. That's what the statistics show. The belonging thing was different. And so, for a long time, many, if not still to date, feel disconnected or felt disconnected from church. I haven't been to church for a long time. Do I really belong in this space? Am I really welcome? What do I do when I go back the next time? They may have forgotten my name. Will I know when to stand or the right time to sit? How about if the wardens see me and say, oh, that's been two years? They won't say that. But how do those things make you feel? And yet Jesus' invitation to us is, come to me just as you are, anytime, any place, any day, because I get you. Even in your room, on your own, I get you. Even down the pub, when you're discussing about Aristotle and Apollos and all the others, I'm there with you. Even through illness and sickness, I get it because he himself was bruised and went through pain. So hold on, whichever situation you're in. Or yours might be that you come and everything is going well. Even then, hold on and keep going.